Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Tracy Murda, and today I have a very special guest, Justin Cruxton, one of the management partners of Propellant Media, a digital advertising geofencing agency. Justin, welcome this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Tracy, thanks for having me today. Greatly appreciate it. (laughs) Well, this is a really interesting area, I think, both for me and for anyone out there who's sort of always curious about what's happening on these World Wide Web crawls and how to get the best positioning for, you know, our clients and track clients and get new leads. Um, so why don't we start off talking about, uh, basically, first, let's start with what is Propellant Media? What do you guys do there? Sure. Well, th- well thanks for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Uh, Propellant Media, we're a digital ad agency. Our agency is based here in the West Midtown part of Atlanta, Georgia. We have a team here, and we do a number of different things, ranging from Google AdWords, search engine optimization, digital strategy. Um, we really hone in quite a bit on analytics for many of our clients. But the one area that we've really focused on and we've even positioned our agency is, is doing geofencing. Um, I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to go specifically into that. But, you know, that that's the one area that is, is kind of sexy, but it's also very effective. And it makes sense once we have a conversation more in depth about it. But we've gone as far as to really talk about that and incorporate that into many of the other strategies that we, that we uh, espouse for many of the clients that we work with. Um, so our agency, we've been around for, I'd say, maybe 
four years roughly, but you know, between the, both the partners and our entire team, we have well over 50 years of experience um, working in the digital advertising space. So where were you before this? I mean, what got you into the, the digital advertising space specifically? Uh, <laughs> really getting into the details. So I actually, so a little bit of my own history. I worked in commercial real estate. I was a commercial real estate broker um, mm-hmm. working for Jones Lang LaSalle. Uh, for a period of time, and I really got into the digital marketing space by actually doing some digital marketing for some of the owners of the buildings that I represented. So we were doing some Google AdWords, we were doing email marketing, that's really what kind of got me fascinated with digital, because the idea is that, well, with digital advertising, you can pretty much do it anywhere if you want to, um, and it's one of those things that's, that's that much more unique of an advertising channel than radio, TV, print, um, and you know it does take a certain level of skill set. Um, and know-how to be able to get into digital and understand which channels are really going to produce results uh, for your clients. So I worked in commercial real estate for a number of years, uh, decided that I wanted to go back to business school, so I went to NYU Stern School of Business, a full-time program for two years. That was when I actually decided to start my own consulting practice in the digital space, Q-Commerce. And then my wife and I, we actually moved back down to Atlanta, Georgia, um, and then we started a larger agency Myself and a few, a few of our partners, we started a larger agency with a group of other guys as well, and we've sort of take, taken off from there. So that's kind of my history and how I got into the digital marketing. Well, let's jump in and talk about geofencing because I, I do think that is, mm-hmm. it is, you're right, it is a sexy word. Not entirely right. sure until I talked <laughs> to you last time and about what that actually is, but let's right. start off with just a, a very overview on what geofencing is. Sure. So geofencing gives people the opportunity to serve ads to individuals based on the physical places that they go. If you think about all the current advertising, online advertising that's out there, you can only advertise to people based on, okay, this person has been to this website, or you can target them based on geography. So you can target them based on zip code, you know, um, city, state, all around the United States. But there was never really a technology where if this person went to this particular building or if this person went to this particular event or if this person went to one of my competitor locations, there wasn't really a strategy that allowed you to really serve as to just those people. And I think the challenge with a lot of other advertising channels that are out there is you end up experiencing quite a bit of waste in your ad spend. You know, you think about billboard advertising. You have all these people that are driving by a billboard and you're spending $2,000, $3,000 a month on that billboard. But a lot of those people you don't really intend to reach. And the beauty with geofencing is that when someone goes to one of those buildings that you want to target specifically, you can start serving ads to them both while they're there at the location as well as for up to 30 days after they leave the location. And so part of what we're doing within our platform and our advertising tool set is we are building what's called a virtual geofence around the buildings that our clients want us to target specifically. Someone walks inside of that building with their mobile device turned on. What happens is we've now captured the mobile device ID to their mobile eventually. And we can start serving ads to them through two different ways. Those individuals will start seeing ads when they happen to be on a mobile app. So you think about Angry Birds, Words with Friends, the Weather Channel, uh, the PJ Tour app. I mean, we have access to over 600,000 apps on the App Store, whether it be the iOS, Apple, or, or Android devices. That's, those are the places in which individuals will start seeing those ads. And then the other place is through in browsers. So you think about any website that accepts advertising, 
we do also have the ability to serve ads through those channels as well. So what's really, really unique about this is now you, you, can, you can really pick you know, 10 locations or 15 locations that you know your core audience frequents or goes to more often rather than saying, oh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and target an entire zip code and see what happens and hope for the best. And that's the one thing that gets really us, our agency, and our team really excited about geofencing. Um, we, we tell clients it's not always the penicillin um, that, that will catapult their results into increased foot traffic and those types of things, but we do believe strongly that it's, it's the perfect marketing mix, and we have also seen cases where it has been a great penicillin. Uh, for certain clients that only want to do geofencing by itself. So it just depends on the industry and the vertical that we're advertising through. All right. I got to ask. It sounds <laughs> a little invasive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Just, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for a second. I mean, I, I love it sure. from a marketing standpoint, but how are you mm-hmm. getting around, um, you know, everyone's afraid of everyone monitoring them nowadays and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. like, what is your, your explanation or ways to combat those fears? Well, I, I think here's the way to look at it. It's really no different than Facebook, than you being able to go on Facebook and target people on their mobile devices within a certain zip code or mm-hmm. you being able to go on Google AdWords and target people within a certain city directly on their mobile devices or on their tablet. You can do that through any of those other platforms. There's nothing that's prohibiting that from happening. Um, and, and in this case, with geofencing, the only difference is that you're micro-targeted down to a building or down to an event location or down to a competitor's location or to a neighborhood rather than an entire city. That's really the only pushback that I have. And, and it's not like... With geofencing, you're, 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 you're taking someone's information and you're starting to send them text messages or you're sending them push notifications. You know, it's not that invasive. It's only, in, it's only to the place where someone goes to a website and they see your ad or they go on an app and they're, you know, playing on Angry Birds and they happen to see your ad. In our mind, that's really not invasive. Part of what we're trying to do is with all the noise that's out there, all the ads that that person is seeing, hopefully it's refreshing that they're actually seeing an ad that is relevant to them. Hopefully, the mm-hmm. company or the advertiser that does want to serve ads or reach that core audience, it's someone that is most likely to want to see their ad in the first. So in our mind, it's really not as encumbering as some of the other channels that are out here. Um, and so that's, that's the only pushback that I personally would have. I get your point completely, but that's the only thing that I would say to that. So is there a sort of checklist that you would say this is the, the do's and the don'ts? when it comes to, to geofencing and how best, you know, to get the most out of it? Sure. Um, there are, I'd say there's probably four to five areas that I think are really important. The first is you have to absolutely understand your KPIs, meaning what are your key performance indicators? What are the conversions that matter the most to your business? You know, maybe you're looking for more phone calls. Maybe you're looking for just more brand awareness, more traffic to your website. Maybe you are looking for more foot traffic. And I I bring that up specifically because the one thing with our platform that we can also do is we can measure the people that saw your ads and then walk back to your physical location, whether you have an office or a storefront or if you're a car dealership or if you're a retailer or a restaurant. So being able to understand your KPIs are really, really important. That's the first thing that I try to get to at the very beginning. The second is understanding where those people hang out. You know, who your core demographic is, what those psychographics and those behavioral uh, components are, 
but specifically where they hang out, not online, but offline. Because if you can figure that out, then you know exactly what are the locations that you want to geofence. So those are the two things. And the third being, okay, well, next step, where are the locations that I actually want to geofence itself? So maybe I decide that I'm a car dealership and I know that the best indicator of someone in the market to you know, buy a car is someone that goes to other car dealerships. Maybe they go to car shows, maybe they go to car repair locations, but usually it's someone that goes to a car dealership. And so I will choose to geofence those other car dealerships on behalf of a client so that we can let our, you know, let our client know, okay, well, these are the people that are in the market and we want to get our message directly in front of those individuals. The last two things that are really important is the creative ads themselves. Don't just build an ad that says, hey, I exist, I'm here, please come to my store or please you know, check me out. You know, have something that's enticing, have an offer, have something that's unique, that's different. Um, and that's going to help with your click-through rate, meaning those people that see your ads and then click on your ads after the fact. It's going to help with that. It's also going to help, you know, drive more foot traffic to your storefront if you're more of a retailer or if you're more of a restaurant as well. And then the last piece is your website, you know, and, and, and I know this can be a struggle with certain companies, so I get it. But it really is important to have an effective website. You think about the customer journey that someone goes through. It really does start with from the point when they walked inside of another location all the way to the point where they either went to your physical storefront or they went to your website. Everything has to be cohesive because if it's not, then it makes it that much more challenging for you to convert that into. If you really have those five things humming the way you should, at the very least, you've built a campaign that will give you enough data, enough intelligence to determine, okay, this campaign was effective. Let's go ahead and invest a little bit more on a monthly basis because that's essentially what we're all doing in business. Everything is a test, and we're trying to see, okay, is the ROI there? Um, and if the ROI is there, whether it be that, that key KPI, whether it's um, you know foot traffic or phone calls or lead generation, um, then I can determine, okay, now I'm willing to invest more into this particular campaign. So the, for me, those are the five to six things that I really focus on when it comes to building effective campaigns for, for clients from a geofencing advertising. Okay. And so it's true that you can track also, is the advertising that I'm doing producing actual walk-ins to the store, right? I mean, you can absolutely see the, the conversion absolutely. rate. Tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So I'd say that there's a number of platforms that don't do that. There are a number of other geofencing providers. Some geofencing providers claim that they can, you know, geofence down to only a block or some geofencing providers um, can geofence the neighborhood. We can get down to the contours of a building, but also with our geofencing technology, we can use that same technology to build what's called a conversion zone around our client's physical storefront. So I'll give you a great, a great case study. Um, we have a pet store that we've been working with um, for a period of time. And the reason why I like talking about this particular client is because the, the particular passion that's there um, for a lot of pet owners. You know, you, we love our dogs. We love our cats. We love our birds, whatever that is. Um, and, and particularly this pet store, they had about four or five locations. They want us to geofence quite a number of other particular locations that are both competitors and other places where a lot of pet owners go. And so part of what we did was we, we put a site retargeting pixel on their website. What that basically means is we're now able to uh, continue serving ads to people that went to their website even after they left their website. But we were also able to build geofences around many of their competitors' locations. And so what happened was, and we didn't expect this completely, 
But the click-through rate for this particular um, pet store was, was drastically higher than many of the other campaigns um, that we've been running across other industries. I mean, I think we geofence close to 20 uh, pet stores or pet locations. Um, and I mean, I'd say the industry average from a click-through rate in geofencing is about a 0.1%. But in this case, I think it was closer to a 0.3, 0.35. And so that was the first piece. But the second piece is we built a conversion zone around their physical store. So now we've been able to measure the number of people that actually went back to their storefront after seeing their ads from these other locations. So that that's sort of a case study that we've really been proud of. I mean, we have, we, we yeah. have car dealership cases. We have medical, hospital systems, we have personal injury attorneys that we've worked with, quite a number of folks in a number of different spaces um, that we've been really excited about. But that, that's for us, that's where we really get excited, is being able to measure that online activity to that offline measurement. Those people that can now, now, now those advertisers can really see the true ROI on their ad spend versus guessing or hoping that, you know, this actually translated and increased foot traffic to my storefront. Let's talk a little bit. I want to kind of get some ideas on who your clients are, who's working with you, and why. I mean, you mentioned the car dealership and things like that. Um, what about attorneys? What about, you know, mm -hmm. any sort of cryptocurrency seems to be a big thing now, The those digital ages, anything like that that people are coming to you now with needs for? It's interesting. I've had a I've had a few people. I mean, I can give you just off the top of my head. I've had one or two inquiries on the cryptocurrency side, and then I'll talk about the the, the attorney people on mm -hmm. the cryptocurrency side. A great example would be someone who wants to target a lot of the different financial institutions or buildings, or maybe there are conferences that are talked specifically about cryptocurrency. And an advertiser wants to get their message or their brand directly in front of those individuals that care a lot about cryptocurrencies. I'd say. Geofencing is amazing for trade shows and event targeting. Really, really good from that standpoint. Um, so that's one sample that you can use the geofencing for, for the legal legal marketing space. Um, we have quite a number of personal injury attorneys that want to geofence hospitals, that wants to geofence um, uh, car, uh, car dealerships too. They want geofence car repair locations, towing locations, where they know that someone has, may have gotten into a car accident and again, some people may feel a certain type of way about this, but again, the idea is that, hey, if you are in the market probably needing a personal injury attorney, you know, all I'm doing is, is, is putting my ad on, on, on an app or on a website when you're visiting that app or that website. Now, that same person can always go to Google AdWords and do a search or go to Google or go to Bing Ads and do a search. But if they're in a hospital and they're playing on their phone and they happen to see that ad, you know, the idea and the hope is that they'll click on that ad, they'll go to the client's website, and then at some point or another, it's convincing enough for them to earmark that brand or earmark that law practice and give them a call at some point in the future or while they're there at the hospital or at the ER site. Um, so that's just an example. I, I think really the idea with attorneys is just thinking through the strategy, thinking through, okay, where do my potential cases or my clients end up prior to needing my legal services? Another great example might be a criminal defense attorney. Um, they may decide to geofence courthouses. They may decide to geofence bail bond centers, those types of locations. So, again, it's about thinking through the strategy and then, you know, picking the, ge the locations that you want to geofence for your practice. What about cost? I mean, is something like this completely astronomical or mid-level? I mean, what are we looking at? 
Um, you know, I would say that there's a lot of platforms that have a minimum of $10,000 a month. Um, our agency, you know, our minimums can range anywhere from 1000 to uh, $1,500 a month. And we do that intentionally. I mean, there's no real excuse behind it. But specifically, you want to give campaigns an opportunity to breathe, right? You want to give at these campaigns some time to work. And it's very difficult to do that when you have some platforms that, you know, say, all right, well, we can do something for you at $200 a month, which we don't believe there's hardly any platforms that can do it at that. But we suggest just in totality that it's not a good idea to run a campaign for that little of a price. Because just like anything else, if you're running a Google AdWords campaign, you're not going to want to just spend, you know, $200 a month on that campaign. You want to spend at least $500 to $1,000. At the very minimum, in most cases, the minimum is $1,500. And that will tell you whether that campaign was effective. And you want to run that for at least 90 days. Because, again, like I said in the beginning, everything that you're doing, everything that you're doing um, to a large extent is a test trying to see, okay, what's the optimizations that are doing to make this campaign effective? You know, I want to run this for a period of time. Okay, from the amount of money that I spent during this period of time, how many leads came in, what in increase in foot traffic occurred at my storefront or at my car dealership. And at that stage, that's when you can decide, okay, now I'll start to invest a little bit more. So in our experience, the minimums are $1,000 per month. Um, and then also there's what we call CPM rate, that's cost per thousand impressions. Um, there are some platforms that charge a minimum of $10 CPM rates, cost per thousand impressions. Um, I feel like we're at a pretty reasonable uh, price point at $8 CPM uh, typically. So we'll charge our clients an $8 CPM rate. So if you have a $1,000 budget, you will be getting 125,000 impressions for that budget. That's how that $8 CPM calculates out to. So I don't think the, the, the costs are prohibitive um, at all in my mind. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is, is, is being able to come up with the proper strategy, the company being willing to commit uh, to a certain test period to see what sort of results that they can achieve, um, and then either design the scale or continue with the program um, at that stage moving forward. So Justin, as a, a business, owner, someone who wants to get involved with the geofencing, how much do I need to know about it or understand it? You know, I, honestly, as a business owner, I don't think it's a matter of you having the full depth of understanding it. I mean, you know, I think it's important to know what geofencing is, how it can benefit your business, the cost, you know, those types of things. Um, but there are agencies that do geofencing all across the board. Our agency really focuses on geofencing as well. Um, and it's not as a business owner, you have to be able to build out these campaigns yourself. You let an agency do that for you. I mean, you're looking for a digital advisor who has done this for many, many other clients. Um, and, and so as a business owner, it's nice to have a sense of what geofencing is, but you're not, your, your job is not to be the expert. Your job is to at the very least understand what your KPIs are, what your conversion metrics are, you know, understanding the locations that you want to geofence so that you can then hold that agency accountable for the results that you want them to produce for you. So how do I get started? Where do I go? Who do I contact? I mean, this is an incredible marketing opportunity. So where can our listeners get the, the information to get going on this? Sure. So, I mean, look, there's, as I said, there's, there's a number of other agencies that's out there. Um, I think one company that's out there uh, is uh, Simplify. 
but their their minimums are ten to twenty thousand dollars a month. Um, but you could go directly to the platform. Um, but they are an amazing provider. They do a lot of great work. Um, our agency, um, Propellant Media, our minimums are $1,000 a month, and you can always come directly to us. I'm not sure we have advertisal uh, or, or have this be a little bit of an advertisement, but, um, you know, if, 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 if anyone does have any questions, I mean, we're here to educate more than anything else. Um, you can always just reach out to us directly. Um, and really it just starts with just a simple conversation on, hey, you know, we do some of these other forms of marketing We'd like to consider geofencing as a test run for us to see how we could help, how this could help both enhance our other marketing, but also drive more leads and more foot traffic to our location. Um, and from that conversation, it's really just a matter of making a determination on whether it fits right within your marketing budget uh, during that period of time and then moving forward. And Justin, the, the website is www.propellant. P-R-O-P-L-L-A-N-T. Um, your that's, email that's address, to, if you want to give that, or, or maybe a, a general email address so people can sure. email Yeah, abs- absolutely. People can email us at uh, team at propellant.media. Again, that's team at propellant.media. Um, and we have a number of different forms on our websites. You can always reach out to us through that. We have a chat box on our website as well. Uh, so we try to engage with our clients and, and prospects who, who are inquiring specifically about geofencing or, you know, AdWords or, or SEO or anything like that. But specifically when it comes to geofencing, you know, those are the different ways in which people can get in contact with us. Awesome. Well, I really want to appreciate or thank you. <laughs> appreciate you giving me your time this morning. I know it's a, a busy schedule you keep. So, Justin, I, yeah. I thank you and I look forward to seeing what you do with all of this and if anyone is looking for more information, again, that was propellant.media, P-R-O-P-E-L-L-A-N-T.media. This is some cutting-edge stuff that you all are doing. So I appreciate it, Justin, and I hope you have a Absolutely. great day. Thanks so much, Tracy. really appreciate the time. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, in their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. 
You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.